Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, and my soon-to-be-released book, New Life Awaits, The Eyes of Spirit Share Evolution, Revolution, Global Awakening, Tales of Remembering Our Soul Divinity, So We May Value Our Life and Relationship to the Earth for both our human and soul needs and improve the human condition. I am so delighted to welcome Dina Merriam, author of her newest book, The Untold Story of Sita, for a return visit to Healing from Within and to share her extraordinary view of past, present, future and enabling us to have a finer view of the modern-day shifts in living and in regard to a new understanding of feminine wisdom and the religious traditions that are shaping the new life and new world we are creating at this time in human history. Hello, Dina. Hello, and I'm so happy to be here. And I'm delighted to have another opportunity to share your open-hearted and spiritually astute views with our listeners. To hear the last interview Dina and I shared about her book, My Journey Through Time, go to my website, CherylGlick.com, to the radio page, and open to March 2019, where we have a special edition of Dina and I discussing her journey through time. Dean, as listeners of Healing from Within have come to expect, my guests and I share intimate experiences and insights into the world of our energetic and physical duality as we travel time, space, history, and our present reality to remember we are spiritual beings having a physical life in order to refine our feelings and a higher awareness of love and the creative force of eternal life. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Dina Miriam, founder of the Global Peace Initiative of Women, bringing spiritual resources to address critical global challenges such as conflict, social justice, and ecological scarring of the earth, has worked to bring greater gender balance and also balance between the Abrahamic and Dharma-based religious traditions for a more inclusive interfaith movement. Ms. Miriam received her master's degree from Columbia University in sacred literature and in 2014 received the Nuano Peace Prize for her interfaith efforts. Today we will discuss the story of Sita, a beloved figure throughout Southeast Asia, for a new understanding of feminine wisdom and leadership as needed urgently now and to also face unprecedented ecological crisis to restore the planet and humanity to work in cooperation with nature. Dina, you may remember that I asked you a while back uh, to think back to your childhood to remember a person, place, or event that may have sparked a remembrance of truth within and that has guided you to make the choices that you now make in your adult life. So think back to how you became aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's it's very helpful. If we look back um to our early life, we see many hints of our yeah. past and premonitions of the future. 
Yes. Do you remember one? Do I remember a specific incident? Um, You know, I do remember, yes, I remember in, in, in my, I guess, early teenage years, maybe 12 or 13, when I became fascinated with uh, uh, the goddess Athena, mm. and I, I d- didn't know where that came from in me, so I started reading about uh, Greek uh, 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 mythology and realized that I was looking for the divine and feminine form, which wasn't available. I was born Jewish, and that wasn't available within the Abrahamic tradition, really. Maybe a little bit through Mary, but I wasn't exposed to that. So um, that that kind of like was one of the early premonitions that I would spend my life trying to bring that awareness of the divine feminine to the wider community. For me, it was began as a personal journey, looking for her in my own life, and then uh, later my work became trying to share that on a wider scale. Well, for our listeners, let's tell them what the divine feminine is really referring to. I mean, there is the traditional Ramayana story, right? And yeah, Ramayana, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, tell us a little bit about the traditional and what, what this really is, because some people might not be quite so familiar with this. Well, what, this, this story is really the foundational story for, for uh, so much of, of Southeast Asia. And it's it's because it's the beginning of, of Indian civilization, uh, or or a, a, a certainly a critical uh, uh, founding point. Uh, but it really has relevance um, for all of us because it was at a time of transition when humanity was transitioning from uh, a forest kind of uh, community to more of an agricultural society, and where cities were being developed and trade was being developed. So they were at a turning point just as we're at a turning point toward a more technological civilization. But the story is that um, there was this Prince Ram married to this Princess Sita. Mm-hmm. He represented the, the power. It was a very powerful kingdom, and she represented a knowledge kingdom. Her father was a, a king, but also a great sage. <clears throat> and so she spent her early childhood imbibing the wisdom of the sages, getting into dialogues with them and discussions. And so she really developed the the, um, the spiritual and intellectual mental capacity. And Ram saw this in her and um, knew that together, by joining together, the, the power, the might of the kingdom and the knowledge of uh, her kingdom, that a new civilization could be born. But soon after their marriage, through some family intrigue, uh, they were banished, <clears throat> exiled for 14 years, and had to wander through the jungles. But in the process, there was a deeper reason for that, and because um, there were still many uh, cannibal tribes in that area at that time. We're talking about 5,000 B.C., 4 or 5,000 B.C., and, and, and their job was to bring them into the cultural, help them develop this agricultural uh, society and help set up the hermitages. So there were many, many positive things that happened in their journey through the jungles. And then finally, in the end, they came close to the end of their banishment. They were going to return home when Sita is kidnapped by one of the most ruthless 
uh, kings of the region, uh, Lanka, he was in Lanka. And Ram goes and, and enters a war to, to free her, and they go back, and then the society begins to whisper, well, Sita was away for a year, you know, who knows if she's pure? And so the traditional story is that Ram then has to banish his wife to live in the forest, even though she's pregnant with his sons, and she dies in the forest. <coughs> I never bought the end of that story, but that is the story that India knows. And, you know, village women, they sing the blues of Sita, poor Sita, who was banished. And then as I began my writing, and I realized, no, Sita wasn't banished. That never happened. And she wasn't kidnapped. She allowed herself to go into the belly of the beast, so to speak, so that she could help Ram in this battle from within. He did the outer battle. She did the inner battle with mm. this, this uh, ravenous figure. And then as I began talking to people, the scholars said, well, of course, that last chapter was added much later. That's not part of the original text. So then I said, well, why did society feel the need to add a chapter that Ram banishes his wife, banishes Well, because that, that, that has been the history throughout time, that exactly. women have been a second-class, uh, you know, adjunct to, to men's needs and will, and it's never been right, because spirit and energy is pure, and we are one in energy, and there are, men and women are not separated into these roles. They have been led by society and religions to assume these roles, and I like the fact that you're saying it didn't end that way, and I don't think it did either, because... Um, what she, what was she really bringing to the mix? She was bringing dignity and inner life and, and, and remembering our virtues as part of connecting to nature and our sole source of be- being. He was the outside materialistic world, her husband. Yeah. And she was the yeah. inside pure energy world connected to spirit and the divine eternal life force. Exactly. So yeah. she, she was as powerful, if not more powerful, than what he well, was bringing forward. That's what I feel, is that she was the energy that allowed him to do what he did. But you yes. see, he's considered to be the epitome of righteousness, a righteous king. So why would a society then say, okay, a righteous king has to banish his wife. She's not to be trusted. She stayed away <laughs> well, from actually, she must be impure. <laughs> she was probably the righteous wife, and he was the righteous yeah. king. And together, they were the epitome of a successful life force and leadership. Now, you say that during this time of Sita, humanity was more integrated into the natural world. What was the yeah. progression that separated us from nature, and how is that impacting the world now? And we, what we were just talking about is the progression, the misbelief and the misconceptions and the roles that people are forced to play in every civilization and every country and nation on the planet right now. This is not 5,000 years ago. This is now exactly. the year of 2019. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about that. It's a, it's a very relevant story for that reason because as humanity was moving from a hunter-gatherer, you know, living in the forest in a rather idyllic way, I mean, every culture has the story of the Garden of Eden, even where the forest produced the, f- the food, you didn't have to sow the land, there was fruit, there was nuts, there was root vegetables, there was plenty. 
But then as the population grew and people began to move out of the forest into communities, into the first settlements, and there wasn't enough food, and so they had to begin to uh, sow the land and develop agriculture, and then the forest became diminished, and humanity developed this false notion of being superior to the rest of the apart and superior. And so we separated ourselves from everything else, from the whole web of life, thinking ourselves to be in control of it. And that continued and continued and continued until we get the situation we have today, we're on the verge of destroying it. Yes. Because we know we, we think that we have total control, we can use it for our own will, we, can, we don't realize how vulnerable we are. If the ecosystem collapses, we collapse. You know, you just so, used you, you just used the word diminished. Nothing has become diminished. It is the greed and the man's misinterpretation of what he's supposed to do in this physical world and life that has created many of these problems. There is enough if we work cooperatively yes. together and we protect our soul energy, our heart energy, and stop thinking with our ego or mind and the negativity that we allow in and the fear. So it's a matter of balancing the fear and negativity that has diminished us. And exactly. It, it's, yeah. Yeah. Spirit has not diminished us. The world has not diminished us. We have allowed ourselves to self-destruct and, and diminish ourselves. So this is a very That's important exactly. yeah, thought that you have in understanding Sita, the relationship, nature, the world, development. So materialism has been, a, and, you know, and the negative aspects of a human life, the physical world has been what's taken us away from our inner dignity and wisdom and humility and grace and love and cooperation and everything else that's of the positive nature. So what can we learn from the character of Zita? She was quite a beautiful example of love and beauty. I mean, when I think of, when I look at their relationship between Ram and Zita, it's one of perfect balance one is not stronger than the other. The masculine and the feminine are in perfect balance, completely honoring, respecting, and drawing strength from the other. We've so fallen away from that as a society. Um, and, and so how do we come back into that, into that balance? Because as you said, we each have the male and female parts within ourselves, which we need to balance. And then within society, without fighting or downgrading or putting down the other, right. we want to support and lift up the other. And so I think that that's a, a very important thing for us to reflect on is how to again uh, bring up both the, the higher masculine and the higher feminine. And then the other critical challenge for us today is how do we come again into a loving relationship with the earth? Because at that time, that was a natural way of being, care for the, for the earth, care for the land, recognizing the earth as the mother who did prayers to the earth honoring the earth, honoring the rivers. The rivers were, were Davies. They, they provided life. And so um, if we can look back and remember that we all have, were alive then because we are very, very old beings. Yes. All of us. <laughs> right. So we have that in our memory bank of yes. what it's like to be in that relationship. How We have to bring that up now because we've deadened and commodified the world. We don't we no longer see it as a as a living energy. 
Uh, and, and, and it is and, the planet. The planet is a living life force. It's a living life force, exactly. Oh, that you know, that sustains us. But you know, as a child, you wrote this, and, and uh, you said this in your book. Sita or Mata, as she was called, was also a natural healer, and it's explained yeah. how she went into the forest. And everybody said, "Where you go?" She knew. She followed guidance. She followed the guidance of spirit from within her. And she found roots. She took it back, and she helped uh, Janka Baba who had a stomach issue and yes uh, one and, of the sages yeah yeah, yeah. but but the point one is we're still that way i'm an intuitive healer I, I i know how to help people to relax and to get in touch with their own inner soul being so that they can help heal themselves this is not something this has always been part of our heritage as human beings connected Absolutely. to energy and God and soul. So now she she was also an empath. So she felt everybody's yes. pain and she spoke truth and she was there. You talked about um you know the beautiful form that she may have seen in the river. Uh, she saw yeah. a mist of light and yes. life and and spirit and and so this is not lost there are many people oh, right absolutely. now on the planet and, and, you yeah. and i are empaths you and i are dealing with these energies yeah and and it's not yeah. something that we're talking about in a, a mythical way it's a reality of who we are exactly and what it's we're capable of yeah. doing but first what do we have to do we have to eliminate the fear the negativity, the judgment, all the things that are holding us back from finding health and vitality and peace. What is peace really but happiness? And we're entitled. It's our birthright. It's our soul birthright. So she shows us this. Sita shows us how she wanted to live with her husband and the people, to to be of service to the people. That's a very important word, to be of yes. service so, the king was of service. Yes, the king was out there at, to, to guide, protect, and serve the people. And that, to me, was when I saw this. This was such an inspiration. That's the way it's meant to be. That's the way it was. And, you know, I'm sure there's still well, some people on the planet who believe that way, but you wouldn't oh, know you, it. <laughs> well, they're not <laughs> acting like it right now. But you know what? I think we're going through this time to raise to a higher vibration of energy, to know our spirit and soul and be lighter in being a, a lightness. I think we're transcend, transcending this third dimensional reality and going to the fourth and fifth. And it's happening through these challenges and seeing what you and I find very hard to see in people, some of the behaviors, and many of the people are going to benefit ultimately. So there is a divine plan, and since nothing is good or bad, just experience for the soul to reach higher consciousness, everything, we will find balance and peace. But tell us about the yuga theory of history, because that comes into play in your book, and it's very interesting. Tell well, us something the about that. Is, is, is based on, on ancient, um, uh, you know, the sages of ancient times. They um, received much knowledge from the position of the stars. They could see how not just the Earth, but how the whole solar system was rotating through the galaxy. I mean, they knew things that only now we are coming with all of our uh, technology coming to know, but they, they knew these things intuitively. So they saw that, that the, Earth, the solar system, our solar system, 
and um, rotated in a certain position around in the in the Milky Way, and that at the time when when our Earth was closer to the center of the galaxy of the galaxy, spiritual perceptions were heightened, and that was called the, the Satya Yuga. And then the time when we moved away from that center, uh, the center of magnetism of the galaxy, the spiritual perceptions were the weakest. Yes, and that weakened. Was called the Kali Yuga. Well, now we're weakened. in the Kali Yuga, and 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 virtue is reduced to you say 25%, and that's why yeah. we have declined from the grand scheme of knowing our inner world and our dependency on the outside world. That's why we're struggling. Materialism is at the core of this cycle, and uh, unfortunately, the technological advancements are taking us away, more and more away from our connections to each other and to spirit, so we have to find the balance that's why we're having all this difficulty. This is a dark age, actually. Huh? But the, 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 the good news is, is that there is a spiritual awakening. Yes. And there are many people who say that we're now emerging from that Kali Yuga into the second stage where there's a, a, a slightly heightened perception, not yet at the point where, you know, <laughs> we see clearly into the spiritual world. But there is a somewhat heightened perception. And that's why so many people now are beginning to talk about energy and moving yes. into the fourth dimension, uh, which is something that people are recognizing. So there is, I mean, luckily we are at a point where there is a, some awakening taking place on the planet. And I, I think we can talk more freely and openly about these things now than we could 20 years ago. Absolutely. Absolutely, that's a that positive is the sign. truth. Very, very. So now, gratitude was a quality much valued in that household where Sita lived, and uh, that's something that's also been a little bit lost. She had gratitude for, um, I think I may be getting mixed up here with Menakshi and her father who worked in the palace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there was the servant. There was the servant. The and servant. I'm interested in her, a girl. Who yeah, the servant was, which was I spoke of the first uh, person through the servant. Her father, who was an ideal servant, really, and saw the service as a very um, dignified uh, um, position. Um, there were servants in the palace, but at that time, everyone was loved. There was no distinction between higher or lower. The servants were not lesser than the king. They were just playing a different role because of their particular karma. And so um, this servant is a beloved servant of Sita, and she resists her father's attitude, you know, during much of the growing up years because her father was very committed to serving the, the, the king. Um, but gradually she comes to see uh, how much... How much has come? How to much her. wisdom and beauty her father and wisdom. grace and grace yeah. he had, and she yeah. be, and she and she becomes that way. And I I really liked that character, and and she found her way to serve with grace, and and she had no negativity about it. And as she was beloved by Sita as a result of that, and very helpful to her. So, can you speak about Sita regarding climate change and the ecological destruction uh, we are worried about today? Yes. Some of it is natural. Yeah. Some of it we need to improve. My, my, I've been very active in the climate movement, and I, you know, every year when UN has its climate conference, I bring 
group of spiritual leaders there to talk about the, the inner dimension, the spiritual crisis that has caused this. Mm-hmm. I very much believe that this is not just a political or economic issue, it's a spiritual issue. And that until we come again into a loving relationship with the earth and honor all of the manifestations of life, animals, forests, plants, rivers, really honor them and respect their right to exist in a pure and free form, we're not going to get anywhere in terms of solving this problem. And I think it's a, it's a challenge for humanity because we're digging our own grave and the message is so clearly before us we have to come to see the world differently. It's not just a matter of capturing carbon and reducing no, carbon. No, it's not the technical. It's, a much, much bigger it's issue. not the technical aspects that everybody is investing time and they want to invest so much money into. You are right. Money. It is a spiritual. It is a spiritual uh, decline and crisis. Absolutely, and all the laws of trade and economic dependency upon the earth and the people to share what they have is part of the key to dealing with all the climate and economic, political, and social changes in the world because we have to know that in giving we're receiving and in living with soul wisdom we can make sense of these physical realities which are quite harsh at this time. So yes, absolutely yeah. what you said. And I, I thank you very much for saying that because many people are saying so many other things that don't resonate within my heart, and that resonates as we improve the quality of love from within us and shed it into the world, a lot of these problems are going to resolve themselves, really. Absolutely. I think, I think we have to say it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's about bringing love more to the world, because when you are in that state, you don't treat the earth as if the earth was no. just and a, you don't treat a garbage other, bin. You don't treat other people badly either, like yep. we're seeing now. You don't use even certain words. I hear certain words. I say, we shouldn't even have that word in our vocabulary. It's so toxic. No, no. It's so painful. Yeah, but yeah. but I want to thank you, Dina Miriam, author of The Untold Story of Sita, which is so elegantly written, and it's a departure from the previous view of Sita, the ancient mythological goddess as a helpless and submissive consort of Lord Rama and it moves past the limits of patriarchal and capitalist narratives to express her divinity and equality and the dynamic feminine power of action wisdom and balance through ancient and right now present day realities to read more about the relevance of the past in challenging events uh, in challenging events of today, go to contemplativealliance.org or Global Peace Initiative of Women. Does that have a dot That's org right. or or? Anything? That's right. It's gpiw dot org. Gpiw stands for Global Peace Initiative of Women dot org. Dot org. Okay. And, Thank you. Yeah. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Dina Merriam has shown us the progression from mythological times to now for how women in the past have often been seen as less than their full human and spiritual being and at times been harmed emotionally, physically, and spiritually for their unique set of emotional and nurturing abilities. In this intense time of evolution and revolution, it is time for men and women to look to their spiritual 
energy capacities and finds a complete awakening to the talents of both genders, both groups, to reach a level of fairness and good judgment and walk side by side equally, for then and only then we will be able to restore ecological and social balance to our world. Dina and I would have you remember your inner world and live from that truth as you journey through the physical world and begin to look past the social mores and limitations of your childhood to now engage with the endless power of your soul potential to thrive and create a world of fairness, prosperity, and service to all living entities. And it is only from that place of oneness that women will take their true place besides loving men without being subdued or controlled as in the past. We must all triumph in our universal energy of soul life and bring heaven to earth. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to listen to and read about leaders and authors in the field of spirituality, science, metaphysics, psychology, philosophy, alternative and allopathic medicine, the arts and music as we discuss our search for the real purposes of life in all its multidimensional aspects so we may create our best life personally and collectively. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.